Welcome to the Three Thirds Mike One Third Scouts podcast, episode number fourteen, and I'm joined by my fellow podcasters this week, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we? Hello. How are you doing? Good. 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 Hello. I'm. I'm also good. You also good. Yeah. It's been How's a long time. It has been. Yeah. We've gone monthly. <laughs> yeah. Seemingly so. There's been many. Uh... Many emergencies that have come up, haven't there? Yeah. That have hindered us doing the podcast. Who would have thought Monday nights could be so uh, jam-packed? The three of us used to make it to one place for five o'clock every... Well, was it you, Cheesy, that always turn up late? Yeah, quarter past five. Yeah. (laughs) Now we do it from our our own houses. (laughs) We want. And we can't even make that. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh. (laughs) So how is how is things, Cheesy? How's how's work life? Well, I think everything at work. I think everything's kind of calmed down a little bit now. I think it's. Uh, I think everybody's everybody's getting used to the new normal. Obviously, we've had um, everybody's having to wear a face mask at the minute. Which, to be fair, I would probably say ninety nine point nine percent of the public are, uh, are sticking to. And some people Do don't you wear, wear one. one. Yeah, we've got we've got we've got to wear one. Yeah. Well, as I, said, I said we have to wear one. We, I don't suppose we have to wear one. We don't really want to, but you can't. It's a it's a bit daft to kind of say to people, do you, are, "Are you wearing a mask?" If you got a mask when they're on the way in, if if you're not stood there not wearing one, it doesn't really make doesn't really make much sense, does it? So, so uh, as you're wearing one daily, then have you do you still use disposables, or have you gone out and bought? No, I've got we I've got one that's that's a little bit more comfortable. So I'm I'm quite like if it. I'd probably say the longest I've had to wear it without taking it off is probably about two and a half hours. I mean, we're not talking like from the minute I walk in the door to the minute I don't. So when we go in the, when we go in the office or go in the back areas or I'm talking to somebody in the back, then I'll take it off. I won't, I won't, I won't leave it on and we'll stay the two, two meter distance and all that kind of jazz. So have you but got I, a fancy pattern or is it just? No, just a plain one, just a plain black one. But I, I bought, I bought two, but I've, cause we've got to wear like a headset as well. It can be quite, it can be a bit annoying sometimes because I've, because I've had to, you have to kind of unhook one here and then it just kind of hangs off my headset on my other side. So it's all a bit, it's all, it's all very new. I'm not a big fan of a visor. So no. I, could, I could really wear a visor if I really wanted to and then don't have to worry too much about the old, for having, wearing a face mask, but I've not got to that point yet. I suppose, if it get, I suppose if it gets really hot, because it is sometimes it just at points it's felt like I've been wearing a scarf around my face. And I was like, if it gets really hot in the shop or it starts to get really hot outside, I don't really know if I want to be wearing a mask all the time. A visor might be the best thing, the, the best way forward. But there we go. That's my that's my mask dilemmas this week. I mean, the best thing about the masks is you can mutter under your breath and no one really knows you're saying anything, can't you? <laughs> Well, it depends how tight your mask is because there are a few people that are not very good at doing stuff like that, as I've noticed this week. All right. Well, so top tip from Cheese here. If you want to moan about people behind the back, get a baggy baggy mask. Buy a baggy mask. Uh, I did see. I did see there was some. um, There was some. uh, Some celebrity, some Love Island uh, person this week had bought a seventy-five pound mask from Selfridges that then didn't fit her. But what's he doing? I'll tell you what. 75 quid, you think you get one size fits all, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, like, no, if I spent 75 pounds, I want it 
I suppose you to my face. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was like it had leather and like tassels on it, so I wasn't I wasn't sure if it actually you know it was all for show and not I didn't actually do the job it was supposed to do. I mean, uh, I, when I've been out shopping and wearing a mask, the things that get me is the people that have them on, but like don't cover the nose or yeah, yeah just have them on the chin. I just say, if you're not going to wear one, fine. Like, don't wear it. There's a reason you don't wear one. That, don't wear it. But why are you going to the effort of just being uncomfortable for the sake of being uncomfortable? Uh, yeah. You don't get extra points for going, well, she's tried. Well, they've tried. Just wear it or don't. I just signed it daft. Because the worst bit is having it around your ears. It's not having it on your face for me. There's um, there's quite a few, and there's quite a, there's quite a lot of variations now, depending on what you what obviously what people like. I've seen quite a few, few people that are wearing them that are like it literally goes up to their eyes. So if they've got like if they've got a hood up or they've got a hat on, you can literally just see their eyes. And then there's other people where it feels like it doesn't even cover it doesn't even cover the mouth and the nose. And you're like, well, either make it either buy one that fits. Or I don't buy I don't wear one at all. Well, I bought like this five pack of reusable ones because I thought oh. Just get a few. I mean, if you have to wash them, there's always one spare. But they only really, like, they only just cover my mouth and nose. So if I speak, it instantly pulls it down over my nose. Yeah, so I don't have to pull it up all the time. That's a bit irritating. So I think the ones that I've got I'll probably do for now, but then I'll probably I'll probably buy some. Well, it depends how long we're going to have to do it for, doesn't it? So I'll probably have to buy some bigger ones. But Yeah. Well, what have you been up to, Simon? Been doing a fair amount of DIY, just working on the house. Uh, sort of been doing some pet, lots of painting, and made a wardrobe earlier today. So that was, you know, just, just I, one. Well, no, like a sort of like a sort of three. There's like three big sections to it. Yeah, came came in the flat pack from uh, from IKEA. I must be honest, Blinda's better at it than I am. Um, but uh, but you know between the two of us, it all got it, it's been erected, and the bed arrives tomorrow. Wow! Yeah, so it's all it's all starting to come together. It'll be somewhere that possibly could live in soon, hopefully. God, I mean that'd be nice for, for a house, isn't it? It's a long term ambition of ours, yeah. For the, <laughs> for the, for the it's not just for show that house, is it? Eh? Oh yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's going, it's going pretty well. That's sort of uh, the all-consuming thing in my life at the moment. Furniture making. Furniture making, yeah. I mean, we went out on Sunday, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, I had a, a, just a, a respite from my hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I ain't done any hard works, but I was just doing respite. But uh, no, that was a uh, turned into what, um, turned into a longer evening. I mean, I say than I expected. But always in the back of my head, when I do go out with you, Simon, I always think, we're never going to go home at seven o'clock. Well, the first thing you told me when we met up was, well, when we sat down in that pub was, oh, I've not told Claire what time I'll get home at. <laughs> <laughs> because I know there's no point. That's, that's... <laughs> just know there's no point. There's no point. I, I might just... have an argument when I get home, but at least it won't be over that. <laughs> I just have visions of you two rolling around the casino every time you two go out. <laughs> you haven't got a casino in Barry, have you? Well, I'm sure you'll travel. <laughs> it, I don't know. Whenever you're in Barry, it feels like a gamble, doesn't it? Asking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. who, you talk, who you talk to, where you sit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mon- Monday was 
Monday was a tough, tough old day. Just in terms of just existing for me, waking up and just being a, being alive was was hard work. Tiredness, yeah. hungover, hungry. Did, did them wings Thursday. back alive? Oh my chicken! No, I mean I'm glad, because, but then I didn't end up eating. So I got we had a stretch slice of luck actually because my mum and dad took Teddy and Luke off us for the day, so we just had Jack. But then we went. Um, what did we do? Went to B and Q in the morning because we're going to paint our kitchen. Because he he loves it there, doesn't he, Jack? <laughs> Every time you got a baby, you take him out to B and Q. And then after... stop playing many ways, isn't it? Well, I mean, there's all these baby century places, which are just basically places with lots of different colours. Because yeah. Lux Island B&Q has got exactly the same. Just, just take them to the nail bit where there's all the boxes of screws and just start shaking uh, them around. Exactly, exactly. And these, you go these all chains and everything, things exactly. to play. There's like all the locks and latches that all this. So it's all pretty Different grades of sandpaper to try, yeah? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we went there, and then after that, we decided we're going to get a new bed. Uh, so we went looking at beds in the afternoon. So I didn't end up having dinner till three o'clock-ish. So I'd gone from being out all, well, being out till late, and then not eating till three o'clock. So that made the day even harder. What? Um, where? Where did you go looking for a bed? Oldham. So, oh, well, the coronavirus hotspot. Good <laughs> <laughs> That's where they sell the best beds. Yeah. What happened three days later? Um, <laughs> the whole town was locked down um, because. We, me and Blinda went to Dreams in Bolton, and they have a machine, and you lie on the machine, and it takes like I think it yeah. said it takes three hundred measurements, and then it tells you. Have I told this story on the podcast before? Yes. Well, it, it tells you the exact sort of bed that you want. Yeah. So there was one there, but we. I mean, so did you go off that recommendation, and it gives you one mattress, and you bought that? No. So. It tells you that basically you wanted a firm mattress. But yeah, it tells you what, what rate. Uh, uh, well, uh, yeah, well, they gave me and Blinda different rate. Well, we had the same rating, but you could get different ratings. And then right. they were selling like half and half mattresses. But we, we didn't buy the mattress from there. Bought the mattress online a lot cheaper. But um, I mean, so, no, they had that there and we didn't. We didn't, we didn't try it out. But we decided to go super king size. Um, yeah, which when you see how big they are, they're massive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I didn't realise how expensive everything is. <laughs> I mean, I, I knew things were expensive, but because we we're looking at, we want like an Ottoman storage one because we've got a lot of rubbish in our house that just needs hiding away somewhere. So, like, right, and we're sick of it poking out the end of our bed. We thought we'd get one of these. So the, you get the base, and you think, oh, that looks all right. But then you realise it didn't come with a headboard. Then you look at how much headboards are. Some of them are like seven, 800 quid. I'm thinking that's more than the Yeah, we, we, we decided to go no headboard. It's a bit of a, I don't really get the headboard thing, to be honest with you. Well, we, we, we're very much of the opinion we want a headboard. Um, but, yeah, it's just, I mean, when you're looking at spending over a £1,000 on a bed. And, yeah, and you just look to accessories. Yeah, but then Claire's like, then we've got to buy a new quill, we've got to buy new pillows, we've got to buy a new bed clothes. I was like, yeah, it's a lot of money. But to Claire, I was like, oh, we should get the cheapest one. I was like, yeah, but then you'll regret it, won't you? Because you are going to have the bed for the next 
10 years of your life, haven't you? At least. You spend a lot of time in it. Well, exactly. And that's, well, that's kind of in my argument as to if we're going to spend, let's spend big now. Might as well go for it. So, yeah. But then I was of the opinion that you could spend hours and hours and hours trying out these mattresses. And they'll all be much of a muchness. So I'm just, just going to order them without trying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that'll, prob- that'll probably work out. Yeah, but if I know like a relatively well, is that firm not, one. Is that, is that not what you would... Were you not trying them out when you were... What were you doing in the shop? I feel like you've gone all the way to the bed shop. No, so so basically, we were looking at the bed... Like, we were looking at what type of bed... Because we didn't have a clue that we wanted an Ottoman one to begin with. Oh, so right. we were going to look at styles of beds. And then we, then we were going from there. But then we started trying out these ones. And the guy said, what you've got to think about is, can you get a super king-size mattress from the front door? To your bedroom. I tell you what, don't... we did. We didn't think about that. Well, that's what he said to us because he said some people don't think about it, and then he no. doesn't get actually get up there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so then he said the alternative to that is you can buy them. Uh, you know the ones where you see it rolled up in a box, and you cut it open, and then it's like memory foam because the vacuum packs it is so small. He said you could try one of them. I said, oh, where are they? So I had to try on one of them. I was like. You know what? It's not that bad. Might as well just go for this. <laughs> so that's my thinking. All oh, right. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. And that was only, that was only like five hundred quid for one of them. And to be fair, they, they had different ranges of them. So they had the cheaper range and the highest range. The cheaper ones felt better. So I don't know what the extra things Some... they've put in these premium brand ones. But some things are like that, though, aren't they? Sometimes the, the cheaper does taste better, doesn't it? Yeah, Space Raiders. A perfect example. Absolutely perfect example. Yeah. There you go. I mean, but Pringles, quite pricey crisp. They win the World Cup, don't they? So it doesn't always work, does it? No, well, yeah. But I mean, that. also, bear in mind, you, you're paying for some of the technology with the Pringle, aren't you? <laughs> Bauer. Yeah. Bauer's yeah. hot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what would be the French equivalent of the Space Raider? The French? The French. Well, the more expensive, the more I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> I have no idea. I've no perhaps, idea. Perhaps that's where the money is. Dragon I mean, treat that. I mean, treat that. You associate high end with French. That's your well, high end. <laughs> high end food with with potentially. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Not, yeah. Not just not just anything. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of in terms of crisps, I don't know many French crisps. Not really. Exactly. They're that exclusive. Yeah, but no, our point is, is the crisps then beneath the French? So they think they're so la di about food that they see the crisp as such a They're humble... not able to, able to enjoy the humble crisp. Yeah. But they eat snails. Yeah, but then that's, that's, quite, that's acquired, isn't it? That's an acquired taste. It's not for the masses, unless, unless you're in France. I'm on board with your assessment that the, the French means. For, for example, I think all three of us would agree Paul Pop is better than Jordan Henderson. <laughs> Who no. did... Uh, was uh, Jeremy... Anthony Mar- Martial better than Firmino. I think we'd all agree that, wouldn't it? Just French mean quality. Was, uh, was Jeremy Aliadier French, though? Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. He was the space invaders <laughs> of French football. <laughs> As I remember it. <laughs> Is he the exception to the rule? <laughs> him, and, him and David Bellion. Yeah. 
Our friend. I mean, they, they all go through pro, they all go through taste testing now, and there's always a dumb batch that comes out, isn't there? The batch of 2005 or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so that's bro, yeah. That's been pretty much it. I've been looking for a bed. Oh, and I started painting my pallets today. Oh, of course, the outdoor sofa. <laughs> yeah, that's been very indoors, stacked up in a pile <laughs> in my carriage. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, no. I just left them outside then. No, because they need to be dry to paint them. Oh, yeah. So because of all the bad weather, I've not and I've not really got room in my garage because I've got a load of uh, it's Luke's birthday on Sunday, so we've got loads of his presents piled up in there. So I haven't really got any room to paint them in there and then leave them to dry. So I've had to kind of wait when I'm not really doing anything that I can on a dry day that I can go outside and paint. And today was the mm-hmm. first real day. So, and then the kids want to get involved, and that's just a disaster. Because instead of just dipping the paintbrush <laughs> slightly into the tub of paint, it's right down to the handle, handful <laughs> of paint, and just throwing it everywhere. And they say they're doing a really good job. Then you have to tell them they're doing a really good job as well. Of why well, you get upset. Yeah. Do you say to them, look, this isn't the any old rubbish that you guys normally own a piece of paper. <laughs> so we pretend it's good and put on the, put on the fridge. <laughs> I uh, know we've got a lot of your crap up on the fridge. <laughs> this is what we'll show off to people when they come round these sofas. So, so yeah. So I may I let them do one small bit, and then I say, right, every everyone who works, they always have a break. It's time for your break now. Have Set you have you, you sorted your cushions out from? Yeah, the cushions have came. Oh, I've got, I've got everything. Just needs painting and putting together. That's what I say. The paint and the painting bits are the bits that take the longest. It's and supposed to be nice. It's supposed to be well, nice. The amount, of, the amount of breaks you're giving your workers, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, to, true, to be fair. It's supposed to be 30 degrees on Friday. Is it? Yeah, it's, uh, that's, and then it's supposed to rain for a week. So I think you've got probably till Friday to get it finished. Well, Saturday I'm going Nosey Safari Park for Luke's Perfect. birthday. It'll be raining then, you're all right. Yeah, and then Sunday it's his birthday, so I can't really do anything then. So, yeah. And then, but oh, we've, we've got, they've got a trampoline. Claire's mum and dad have got him a trampoline. So they put, we're putting the trampoline up tomorrow as well. So I'm not really on time. Yeah, I'm just busy. Where's the trampoline going to go? In the back garden. It's not very flat, your back garden, is it? No, I've saved a few paving stones <laughs> to is try and... Is he going to launch into next door on the handbag? I mean, it is our sly way of trying to get rid of him. Now we've got three, we've realised that's too many, so we're trying to get rid of one of them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, I look forward to hearing how it, how it goes. Yeah. What's the plan for the show, Cheezer? Um So, and now that the football season has finished... Um, we will we will talk about the last week of games. Uh, obviously, there was um, a lot riding on the top four and a lot riding on relegation, so we'll talk about that. We may cover off some of the FA Cup. Um, I'm sure you two don't really want to talk about that. And then we might round up some uh, United and City news going into um, going into next week. So we will be back uh, just after this. Welcome back to the Three Thirds Mike, One Third Scouts podcast, where we will start, uh, as I'm sure, with talking about the top four and how delighted you two must have been with 
Manchester United's record uh, record penalty award of the season number fourteen, <laughs> which, yeah. set, which set you on your way. I mean, you can't really argue that it wasn't a penalty. Oh, I'm not, I'm not arguing that it wasn't. Whether I don't, I don't even think I don't even think I've seen it. <laughs> uh, well, it was a penalty. No, I mean it was a. It was a. We, I think when we were talking before the game, or when we were talking about the game, it's like with the starting lineup that was put out was our strongest that could have been put out at the time. But you look at the bench, and you think mm, there's a real lack of depth there. So it felt one of those games that we need to be winning by about an hour after about an hour, one or two nil. So that when we do go to the bench, we're not really struggling and hoping that the bench can want to do something because the likes of Dan James and Juan Matty, you're not really pinning your hopes on changing the game. And that didn't quite work out until uh, the penalty came up. And then, yeah, it felt like a weight was lifted a little bit. And then, I don't know, we kind of stayed strong until the end. And then Jesse Messi Lingard popped up. Yes. With, uh, with his... Only significant contribution of the whole season, um, but yeah, no. I'm just like I say, like I was out watching it on Sunday, had a fair few drinks. Memories a little hazy of the game, but I just it felt it, to me it felt like two teams who didn't what really want to throw too much at it because they didn't want to be out out of the game too early, so that then when it got to like 80, 90 minutes they couldn't do anything about it. It felt like both teams wanted to stay in the game as late as possible and then try and do something. I don't think Leicester really wanted to open up and leave themselves open on the counter, which United have been pretty devastating on recently. So it all felt a bit nervy and cagey, I think, for for quite a while. And the thing is, I think in general, Leicester's heads are gone, aren't they? And in many ways, remarkable achievement by Leicester to not qualify for the top four, given where they were. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, at one point earlier on in the season, and when sort of project restarted happened, it was sort of like, oh, could United catch Chelsea? I think Leicester's the one that, that dropped like a stone, and and, I, and United in the last sort of two or three matches before, you know, United obviously have been brilliant during project restart. Then those two or three matches before this one, suddenly we were looking very tired, and it did sort of feel like a matchup between two teams that didn't deserve to be in the top four, but. You know, United held it, and once United went one nil up, actually, I didn't, I didn't really see Leicester coming back into it. I sort of felt we were sort of comfortably better than them, and and the draw was always going to be enough for United anyway. So Leicester sort of had to score two at that stage, and and you just didn't, you didn't really see them doing that. And you know, I think United sort of good value for it at the start of the season. He'd offered us third. You know, I probably would have taken it. Um, you know. One of our better results in recent seasons, and uh, and something sort of to, to build on going forward. And you know, we do score a lot of penalties, but I think a lot of them are deserved. You know, and I, I think people sort of people obviously jump on the fact that we've had so many penalties, but I think in the, I don't think there's many of them that have been controversial. You know, with VAR, you do sort of look back on them and go, yeah, well, actually, it was a penalty. There was uh, there was that stat before that. I've just gone back to the Leicester point. There was the. Um, so when they beat, since they beat Southampton nine nil, Southampton have earned more points than Leicester have. And I think in the last nineteen games, so when so at the turn of the year, obviously they were they were well with Chelsea in third. So since the turn of the year, since the last nineteen games, they've only they've only uh, they've only won twenty four points in, in in nineteen games, which is just absolutely unbelievable. 
how much they've completely just collapsed. Because I remember doing the radio uh, at one point and saying that um, the only hope in like it's stopping Liverpool winning the league looks like Leicester, the way they go. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they then, were second, weren't they? They were second. Yeah, they, they, they were playing really, really well. And you thought, go if they keep this up. And you thought, Vardy's banging them in. Tealham looked brilliant. Uh, Soyonchu and Johnny Evans looked really strong. Chilwell and uh, Pereira looked like really, really good attacking fullbacks that are creating stuff. Well, all the Leicester fans, Leicester, Leicester fans were making out they were better off without Harry Maguire, weren't they? Yeah. And now that's just like you say, they've, they've had a few injuries and the squad depth's just not there, is it? And it's it's really like they lost Ndidi for a bit, and Hamza Chowdhury came in. Didn't really pick up that many points. Chilwell's been injured for the last few bits. Madison's been injured. Pereira's Pereira, been injured. Pereira's not even played. I don't think. I don't yeah. think he played a game in the in the in Project Restart. So God knows what. Uh, got himself sent off. Didn't he suspended? So yeah, it kind of all went wrong for Leicester. And that, like you say, that start about Southampton when they beat Southampton nine 0 and then them not picking up as many points as Southampton, unless it's incredible. The other thing, interesting thing about that. Southampton ended uh, the season on minus nine goal difference as well. So, oh, did they? <laughs> yeah, coincidence, yeah. So, yeah, it just shows you, doesn't it? But no, I was, you, you know, I, I think one of the, what, like you said, Sam, with the tiredness, I think since Project Restart, Solskjaer's almost kind of gone, if we're going to have a chance at getting into the top four, my strongest 11 has to play pretty much the majority of every single game. It's almost as if I'm not going to take a chance and go, oh, make a few rotations, a uh, few changes, and then if, if the game's not going our way, then I'll throw Fernandez on or I'll throw Pogba on or I'll throw Mash. He's not really done that. He's gone, this is it. This is my strongest 11. If we're going to do it, then, then we're going to do it with them. And yeah, like you said, by the last two, three games, it was really noticeable how, how much work they'd gone through. Like Rashford didn't seem as dynamic as he usually was. Fernandez, although he's provided loads of moments of quality still, they were they were more far between than they than they had been at the start of when he first came into the United team. Um yeah, so it just all seemed all seemed like it was grinding. And like you say, I think if Leicester might have had more players fit, then it might have been a different story. But I think we we did get helped out by their lack of lack of squad depth too. Um yeah, but I think, like you say, since Project Restart, you look at us, Leicester and Chelsea, we have, I think we have been the ones most deserving of that top four space. And yeah, I know when we said about uh, the good job Solskjaer's done, we got exactly the same points as last season. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, which is, although you say this, this, this turning point, I mean, I think, I think we're all looking back on since Fernandez has come in, you can say that we're starting to look like a team... I mean, I think he did a very good job with what he had at the start of the season, um, because he, he but he, he, we didn't have that finance, that extra dimension of breaking the team down, did we? So it was always on the counter. But now he seems like he's he's realised that's a weakness. He's gone out, he's identified a player that will help us in that weakness, and then so yeah, so you are starting to see that maybe we're going to start recruiting better, which we have said at the start with Maguire and Wambasaka. Um, but yeah, no, it seems it seems like we're on the right path. And also, I'd say so. At, at the end of last season, you looked at United, thought, oh, we're you know we're six or seven good players away from being a, a decent team again. 
And since then, we've probably signed three or four of those players. And now, so now you're thinking, oh, well, probably only need another couple. And, you know, we'll, we won't be in the in the same mess we have been. Although, I, I just in general, I think it's been brilliant for the Premier League. And, yeah, I think it's, I think it's the lowest points tallies that have got into the into the top four for, for a long time. And it has sort of been sort of wide open. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, Sheffield United, Wolves were still sort of in with a shout. And in general, I actually thought it was quite a good last game of the season, uh, last sort of end, um, last round of fixtures at the end of the season. You know, there's three or four games that had something rounded on them, even though obviously Liverpool had ran away with the title already. But, you know, there's there three teams involved in relegation, scrap. There's, yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that two matches teams... that had Champions League on it. Yeah, the fact that three teams could get two places in the Champions League, it doesn't mean that. And it wasn't one game wasn't directly linked to the other, so it, there was loads of permutations that could have happened as well. So when Chelsea went two went uh, they went two nil at half time, didn't they? Then you all you, that puts even more pressure on the game, thinking, "Oh, come on! If, if anything happens for this, then we are really doomed." So yeah, it, it was it was exciting, and like you say about being the six or seven players away, yeah, we probably have signed three or four of them, but now this is the moment where we have to. You have to capitalise on this now. If we if we have a bad transfer window, that could set us back again another two years because we have to capitalise on Fernandez and the the impetus he's given us now. I mean, it looks like Sancho, although he's been spoken about, that looks more on than off at the minute, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I think it'll happen. Although I think it'll take all summer, uh, it'll take sort of to the last. I, I, I think it'll be similar to Harry Maguire, in as much well, as and, and Fernandez actually. I think Edward's way is not to you know do what Chelsea have done, which seems to be decisively just go in, pay the money, and get the guy they want. Edward does make it sort of drag out trying to negotiate, and you know you see United. I, I, so I think United. I don't think United are interested in Jack Grealish. I think United are just using Jack Grealish to negotiate in, in a. I saw his link with Kingsley Coman the other day. I just feel like United just trying to throw out red head herrings to Bruce Dortmund saying, look, there are other young wingers that we you know we might try and sign. But I think it will be Sancho in the end. Uh, to me, though, we need, like, we need Sancho. Yeah. Uh, because we need a winger. But I don't think it's Sancho or Grealish. To me, we need Sancho and we need a Grealish as well. Because if Fernandez goes... What you're sticking Pereira in? You like there is that big drop off still. Is Jack Grealish better than the next best in what Fernandez does? And I would say yes. So we still have to go out there and get someone who can because Fernandez can't play ninety minutes for every single game of the season the way we want him to, like he has been. He needs a rest at some point. And then we need um, since Project Restart Matic has been fantastic, but I think it's shown that. How old is he now? 33, maybe? Something like that. He can't... He, uh, build up a fixtures and his drop-off was pretty dramatic. Would you not back, uh, back McTominay to kick on again? Uh, yeah, but then I think... I'd, I still think we need... If, if you've got a Grealish... If you, if I, if for me, if we're in the window, if we've got Sancho, Grealish and a defensive midfielder, I'd, I'd be more than happy with that. I think I think we're then going. We'll have a decent run at. I don't know. I'm not going to say we'd be champ. We'd win it because we, we wouldn't Chelsea. But I think we'd be a lot closer to Chelsea and City. Whereas I think if we only get Sancho and that drags on to all the way through to the start of the season, I think we're 
I think we're doing ourselves a disservice again because I don't think our midfield is... I mean, Fred's you know, been very good as well, but I think they've been very good in the context. But then, I, I they've had great starts this season, but then we need to look at... We have to be pushing to get to that level. The ultimate aim is to win the league again. And then they players that are going to win us the league. And I, I don't know if you say they are or not. But then you I, just... Uh, You've come back. How many? You've uh, how many? You scored what? Three goals in how many consecutive games? Do you need anybody to play up front? How many? Yeah, more because people I, because again, if you look at it, who do you, so you you have Martial, Rashford, and Greenwood. Who comes in after like Lingard, so James? The, yeah, but so then which, which one of those three is then going to sit on the bench? Yeah, but that's not about that because uh, me and Sam were talking about like you can't play. You think, you, yeah, but you think in the '99 season when we won the treble, Andy Cole, Dwight York, Ollie Solskjaer, Teddy Sheringham, you had four top, top, top strikers. They didn't play all the time, but there was competition for places. You get Sancho in, you've got someone. Then that that means Greenwood can come inside, and that puts competition on Martial. So it, and, and then Greenwood can still go outside and do what he's been doing. Then you've got James, who, who then says, right, James, come on, you need to up your game now if you want, because we're signing players in your position. So if you want to do something, you've got to up it. That's what I'm saying. One player can make a big difference. I don't think... and you can Going out and saying we need to buy another striker is not saying that them three aren't good enough. That's why Mane, Salah and Firmino, they, they play most games, but then Shakiri occasionally comes in, Origi comes I'm not saying they're of the world-class ilk, but you still have to have players that can do a job and push. At the minute, we haven't got... It's not... It's not. I don't see I don't see it being enough to push us to that next level yet. Well, surely Daniel James would just do the role of... Uh, do, uh, do the role of a Shaqiri. They, we, they cost the same amount of money. They probably... All right, Shaqiri's, Shaqiri's got a bit more experience, but it's not going to be the end of the world if he, if he plays. And you need to sign it. You need to sign a centre-back. You need to figure out what's going to be a goalkeeper. Well, I was I, I read an article the other day and it was saying that if uh, if United had a chance to sign the best centre-half in, in Serie A this season who has been chased by Juventus and into Milan and Roma, then not under normal circumstances you'd be delighted and snap their hands off. It turns out that player is actually Chris Smalling who's been, <laughs> been tearing it up in Serie A. <laughs> <laughs> on loan all season <laughs> and United will probably look to sell him during the summer uh, but yeah I, I, th- I think we'll we'll sign a centre-half I mean, well unless Chris Smalling comes back in but it sort of feels like his, his time at United is, is gone but I think they'll look to sign a centre-half and, and I think that'll be a, a big improvement for us I think they're I think they're sort of committed to David De Gea for another season but um, but yeah, that's, that's a big area for improvement for, for Manchester United. Yeah, I agree. At the same time, I think defensive we've got better as well. I know it's not the fin- I know it's not the end, but that's one area that has improved massively from last season. And I think if you if you improve the midfield in front, basically we're not. I know keeping clean sheets is important, but if if the midfield in front isn't that great and he's constantly letting the back four get exposed. You're gonna you're gonna concede goals, so you need Matic can't do it every single week trotting up and down. And McTominay, yeah, he's thought he's been great, but that's having McTominay and Fred playing for them. And ideally, if we're gonna, that that was one of the reasons why we didn't break down lesser teams that sat back because them two played on a level and never really broke forward. We're gonna need that one player that can 
to be there and beat that one defence that allows the two to be ahead. But in the big games, you're going to play Greenwood, Martial, Rashford, Pogba, and uh, and Fernandez. They're the five that will play most big games. That if you're not going to win a game, they have those five. Well, play. yeah. Well, let's well, a better play. Yeah, but, you, but in all the big games this season, they haven't. We most of the big teams compete without Fernandez and Pogba. Yeah, but that's because Pogba wasn't fit. It doesn't necessarily mean he wasn't playing. I mean, he says he wasn't fit. Well, yeah, he says he wasn't fit, but then if you... It's amazing, so, it's amazing how fit he got himself when after Project Restart and Fernandez had shown that he can, we can win a few games. So, three games into next season, you play Manchester City. If you've got the same squad now, which probably you probably won't have, then those five would start against Manchester City. I'm not necessarily sure they would. Yeah, because well, I, well, I think we found a way of beating those teams without them. You sit back and can't but then, but, so, then, so then, would you drop Pogba or Fernandez? Yeah. So no, yeah, but would you? What? Which? Who, who would you drop? Pogba, quite happily. Right. So, so there is. So there is. Uh, see, that's the bit that gets me. Is that uh, Pogba cannot be that good if he can't play in that game, and it can't be Pogba or Fernandez, surely? Because Pogba isn't going to be happy about that. Sit him in the. You sit him on. Sit him on the bench for a big game. No chance. Well, he won the world. Won the World Cup. Let him be unhappy. I mean, I I think actually saying to players you're not good enough, you need to you need to improve, isn't a terrible thing. You know, having loads of good players, having competition for places. If Pogba has to push himself to the next level to get in the United team, and maybe not coast in the way he has done in sort of his time at United, that, and, you know, I don't think that would necessarily be a bad thing. And, and you know, actually, I think we all everyone sort of believes Pogba has this potential to be. You know the reason they played 100, paid 100 million for him was he had this potential to be the best midfielder in the in the world. Mel, he's at an age now where he needs to step up and be that player, doesn't he? And make himself undroppable and make it so that it is an impossible decision, and he has to drop somebody else. I just, I still like as much, yeah, as much as I want Pogba to do well. I still haven't. I thought when he first came back, he was great, and he thought, God, this Pogba Fernandez partnership is going to be unbelievable. But then it's almost as if he's gone. Well, everyone's sang my praises again now. So he, he, he his he started just like with Simon said. He stopped doing the simple things. He, he, instead of playing that five yard pass, ten yard pass, I'm going to get it and I'm going to do what I used to do. I'm going to try out muscle someone and take them on, and then ultimately I'm going to turn down a blind alley and get tackled. Then we're going to put ourselves under pressure. So, so he needs to he needs to change his attitude. But this is what I'm saying. He, we've got this far relatively without him and I wouldn't even say I know he's come back in and he's we have started winning these games but even before the restart when it was just Fernandez, we were winning these games without him so it's not like it's only because him and Fernandez have come back and really revolutionised our midfield it's not really it's because Fernandez has come in and really revolutionised our midfield because Fernandez was doing it on his own before with McTominay and Fred so I, I, I think that's what I say I think we need another attacking midfielder. And if that's Jack Grealish, and that can be, look, Pogba, you're now fighting with Jack Grealish for your spot. I I think it's, I, I think if it, I think if Villa would have gone down, I think he'd have jumped shit. I can't see, I can't see him, I, I can't see him moving clubs. Oh, but if you looked at the post-match interview with Dean Smith, even he, he was, he said, where's Jack Grealish going to be next season? He said, all I know is he's going to be getting drunk with me tonight. <laughs> no, and he couldn't. He couldn't commit on where he would be next he probably, season. It wouldn't. He probably wouldn't do because he'd be daft enough to do that on the telly. But I, I, I can't see. Surely Grealish isn't going to move. 
And what's another 12 months going to do? Are you buying well, now? Are you buying now? Are you buying now for what? Villa are going to want the best part of 70 million for him. Whereas actually, at the end of the end, Villa keeping for another season and it all doesn't go well and he gets relegated, then you probably pick him up for about 30 million. Is Jack Grealish have, really worth 70 million pounds? But I've this is what Jack, Jack, Jack Grealish didn't score a goal till, since January until he scored the goal the other night. But that's not Villa. that's not the be all and end all, is it? Well, for what an attacking midfielder that can't score a goal. But if he sets, but he's playing, <laughs> he's playing Aston Villa team where he's the only real threat. Oh, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I think, my, I, I, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't know, I might be proved wrong, but I don't think he's worth, I don't think he's worth seventy million pounds. If you think not, that United are going to pay eighty million for Sancho. Yeah, but this is what you, but you, this is the thing. The transfer market's not like for like, is it? It's all about how much that player is worth to you at that time. Isn't it? It, it makes no difference about how much you think they're worth or whether you're going, well, they got, they got sold for that much, they got sold for that much. But do, do, about, not, do that club want that player? Yes, if they do. Do they want them back? Like, yes, right, okay, well, we'll pay that. I don't really know if United need Sancho. Oh, we do. It's, at the end of the day, Greenwood's, Greenwood's position isn't out wide, is it? Well, well all right. Well, you change his position then. How many goals has he just scored since January? Yeah, but what's what's that? What, what that, nine? Well, that doesn't mean anything, does it? Well, if he played the full season, surely is that not twenty goals? Matt Rashford's nearly Rashford nearly got twenty goals. Martial, how many did Martial get? Seventeen. All right. Well, you take that. You take that. Matt Greenwood got that many goals from out there. You stick Greenwood through the middle. How many goals does he get then? Well, does it? Well, why do you need to move him if he's just scored ten goals? Because hopefully, if we want to go far in the Champions League, we want to perform to the best level in the Premier League and the FA Cup. They can't play sixty games a season. But that's all about building. You just got back in the Champions League. You're talking about you want to win it. Well, yeah, of course I do. So you want to sign everybody this summer that, that makes you win the Premier, that makes you win the Champions League? All right, you you we don't get Sancho this season. We don't get him next season. Someone how, else how, gets him. How, how do you know that? What, what oh, so, uh, does this? Oh, so you're saying <laughs> you're saying no one else is going to come in for Sancho if we don't get him this season? But he, wa- but he wants to come back to England. City don't want him. Liverpool can't afford him. Chelsea can't afford him. So who else <laughs> is going to be able to afford him other than United if he doesn't come All back right. this season? All right, then. Fast forward 12 months. Liverpool just win the league and they go, oh, you know what? We need to freshen Mane, Salah, Firmino up. Oh, Sancho's been ripping it up again in the Bundesliga. No, I don't, I don't know. Uh, he's a very, very good player, don't get me wrong. And, and the money that Bristol Dortmund going to make on him is going to be, it'll be absolutely amazing. And I think they've already, they're, pre- they're pretty much signed his replacement. But I don't know. I think you, I think you need I think you need to I think you need to sort your midfield I think you need to sort your midfield and your defence up first. I think you can score enough goals. I think you've got more than enough to score enough goals in in the the five that you've got in Pogba, Fernandez, Martial, Greenwood, and you just play a different way. Oh, I I think you need to sort your defence out. It's the same with Chelsea. Chelsea Chelsea this season could end up scoring over hundred goals, but they'll let fifty in. Yeah, but Chelsea, you, know, you can, yeah, but Chelsea are much worse shaped than United are defensively. At least United have a relatively settled centre-back partnership in 
uh, yeah, Lindelof the, and Maguire. The only thing, and, and you know what their back forward, but United's back forward would be Shaw, Lindelof, Maguire, Wan-Bissaka. <laughs> That's that would be it. At least you know that Chelsea, you don't know that. I mean, and to be fair, I think you th- how many how many howlers has De Gea done that have led to goals? He's maybe done five or six, seven this season. You set De Gea in his prime. All of a sudden, you're going, "Oh, that defense looks pretty, pretty mean." I don't think I don't, I don't think United's defense is the biggest issue. I think their midfield and the drop off and the drop off from the attacking three is the bigger issue. But is but is Matic going to have that season? So if Matic is a year older next year. Is Matic going to have that same season next year? That's what and I'm saying. Ma- so in his midfield. So I said, I said Sancho, Grealish, and a central defensive midfielder. I think you go out and sign them three, and they're more than gettable. But I mean, the drop off in defence is worse than the drop off in attack. I I mean, you said, I mean, if one of those back four gets injured, you know, if one of those centre halves gets injured at the moment, I mean, I don't think you have to let Phil Phil Jones play. You got Eric Bailly, haven't you? Well, yeah, he's always injured. Yeah. has been injured most of the season. I, mean, I think we definitely need another centre half, and I'd, I'd be I'd be amazed if we don't sign trying to sign a centre half this summer. But who do you go for? Well, that's, you know, that's for them to identify, isn't it? I mean, I you have to you have to identify. You know, I'm sure scouts getting paid a lot of money to to identify who you want to buy, but the best player you can, I guess. I just think. To move up, you have to score goals and you have to score goals to win games. That's one of the key areas. And if there are two very, very good talents, both English, both young, still got most of the careers ahead of them, available this summer for a relatively decent price, get them. I mean, you got better Jack, Jack Grealish doesn't even get in the England squad. Yeah, but why... Have you have you been watching have you been watching Aston Villa highlights as well? I don't understand why I don't I understand with the Grealish thing. I, I get I get that Grealish is Aston Villa. I get that. And Villa have been absolutely garbage. Their recruitment in the summer was horrific. And I get that they've had injuries and they've lost players and all that kind of stuff. But I mean Villa got Villa got through basically by winning the what winning the last two games or winning getting seven points out of the last the last three games. And it doesn't really matter how many points it takes you to stay up. But they've been horrific. They've been absolutely garbage. Yeah, but that's not Jack Grealish's fault, though, is it? Tyrone Mings got in the England squad. You're using the England squad as some kind of level of that's how good they are. Tyrone Mings has been in the worst defence in the league. Exactly. He's been pretty bad. So I'm saying you don't have to be the best player in the world to get in the England squad. And Jack Grealish can't get in the England squad. Yeah, but that... (laughs) But that's because Aston Villa... That's Sancho is in the England squad. They're the sort of players you want to be signing. Because he's doing it at a level, week in, week out, in a team that allows him to do that. But then Sancho makes other players better. I don't think Grealish makes other players better. I get, I mean, that, I get Grealish... Uh, you, you tell me in that Aston Villa team, who he's supposed to make better. I mean, at the start of the season, when they were doing all right, we were talking about John McGinn being a fantastic midfielder. Well, to be fair, he got injured all season, didn't he? Yeah. Good he just then, was it? I just, I, I, I just don't know why, what, why the, why you wouldn't go and get him, because then you, then you, then you, 
destined for Jesse Lingard and Andres Pereira. You get one injury to Fernandez. Who's filling that gap? Mata, who seemingly needs a Zimmer frame to get anywhere about the pitch these days. Pereira, who scored a couple of good goals. Jesse Lingard, who scored a tap-in at the end of the season. People have betted on Lingard not to do anything this season. That's how bad Lingard is. It's all set up for the triumphant return of Wilfried Zahar, isn't it? Is that going to happen? Do you want him? <laughs> no, no, no. Although I, I, think, out, I, I, think, I think Zahar is a sort of interesting case study on he was kind of where Jack Grealish was 12 months ago and people were talking about you know these big 70, 80 million pound transfer fees. Now, you know, Vil, uh, Palace will be lucky to get 40, 30, 40 million for him. You know, you know, these players can drop off quite quickly. I agree, but I don't think... I mean, and I don't can, think you'd be paying get, 70 million for Grealish, to be and, honest. And I think you'd be paying 40, you look 50. At Zaha, you can look at Zahar at Manchester United. Sometimes these players are just, you know, superstars at bottom half Premier League club. And then you get the likes of Zahar or Fellaini and they come to Manchester United and you think, actually, are they good enough to play? That level, and I, I'm not sure we've had any real. Pr- I mean, hope maybe Grealish is will sort of go on to be a great player, but I don't think we've had any sort of proof to say, oh, he's the guy you want to commit to. But then we signed Dan James, yeah, for like 15 million. I mean, that, that, that you know, that was a you know, that was. But, a I mean, we're, we're, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. We're taking this 70 million as fact because Jesus said it. I'm not saying no one knows how much the fee would be. If you got it for 40 million, you're saying that's a waste of money. I, well, I don't know. It depends what the other options are. Okay. I mean, I'm not against the idea, but I, 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 so my instinct is uh, that they're using Jack Grealish as a negotiating tool to try and say, to, and, and that they'll try and side James and Sancho. And, may, and I think if they try and another attacker, I think they'll try and sign a genuine striker. I don't think, I can't say, but then who'd you get Kane? Well, Maybe Kane. I, I don't know. Mourinho, I don't know who's. Mourinho, who... Mourinho would never sanction Kane to United. Never in a million years would Mourinho. I don't think it'd be up to Mourinho. It'd be up to Daniel Lever. I mean, to be honest, maybe I, you could get Aubameyang. You could probably you could probably put a lot of money on the table, and you know, Aubameyang if he's not going to sign a new contract, you could you could look abroad and get whoever. But you know. I mean, I wasn't against the Bamiyang on Sunday night, but then thinking about it, do we want to go down that route again where we get people towards the end of the careers who are only signing contracts because of the wage they're being offered as opposed to they absolutely want to stay at the football club? Do we want to start going down that route again? It worked with that's Van where, Persie. That's where... Yeah, but Van Persie was very, very special, wasn't it? Well, is the Bamiyang not very special at, <laughs> at Arsenal? And yeah, again, I don't know. The garbage team. He scored twenty odd goals again this season. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying he's not. But my point is, I don't. It's it's an attitude, isn't it? I don't think Van Van Persie didn't leave. We're not Van Persie didn't leave Arsenal because he wanted. He, he just wasn't signing a contract for the money. He left Arsenal because he wanted to go to a, a club that he could win. He won't win the Premier League at. No, I think you. I think you're looking back with rose tinted glasses. He, he left. He had. An, he had a year to go at Arsenal. And he wasn't going to sign a new contract. And that's the but, yeah, but why was he not going to sign a new contract? Well, for all the reasons that Bamiyang's not going to sign a new contract. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't see... I think you're sort of holding up Robin Van Persie as being like this great uh, you know, guy that sort of was just didn't care about the money. That's they all, they all, care, they all hey. care about the money. 
to an extent, but some of them it's work. It's the be all and end all, isn't it? Well, I don't blame him. That's why I go to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're not haggling over five grand a week, are you? <laughs> no, no, I take any job. <laughs> I'd actually yeah. go and sign for Aston Villa, to be honest with you. That's the sort of place that my football what? career is at. Third choice goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we spoke for half an hour in United. We haven't even, we've only briefly mentioned David De Gea. That's another half an hour conversation, surely. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah. I, like, like I, you said I, earlier, he's got one more season. I think he makes any any howlers during this season. Sergio Romero's in and then... Um, What's he called? The young lad. He's in Henderson. next season. Yeah, Henderson's in the season after. But then you lumbered with a goalkeeper on a £350,000 contract a week and who was going to take him? He's just going to sit there on the bench for three years. Well, Simon had a lovely view that Chelsea, because they dropped uh, Kepa, didn't they, for the last game of the season and William yeah. Gabriero played. And they've always been linked with Jan Olblak, haven't they, for a few seasons now. So it could be that Jan Oblak goes to Chelsea, De Gea gets eased out of the United side, and then De Gea, as in the twilight years of his career, goes back to Atletico Madrid where it all started and sees them out there, which they've done with Fernando Torres in the past. So they're not against some kind of sentimental purchase. How much would you pay for Kepa at this moment in time? Well, I think that's Chelsea's issue, isn't it? They're going to they're gonna have to take a big hit on Kepa, aren't they? And then I think that Oblak's release clause is €120 million. Euros. So there is absolutely no way that Chelsea are going to spend 120 million euros on a goalkeeper. Yeah, but then you say that, but then Liverpool have kind of proved, and City have kind of proved how 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 important it is to pay big money for a keeper that's going to actually. Kepa's the world. Kepa's the world's most expensive goalkeeper. He cost yeah, more they than went out and bought the wrong person, didn't they? I mean, <laughs> but that doesn't mean really... it's all about recruitment, then, isn't it? Well, yeah, but, but 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 the solution to that isn't to stop recruitment. I mean, you do you just have to make better choices. I mean, you know, if they surely they can't believe they're going to challenge for a Premier League title with Kepper in goal. I mean, he's you know that I isn't mean, the it, answer. Given the fact they've actually dropped him now as well. I mean, even when Kepper was when they signed Kepper, Jan Allblack was still the better keeper, and was they still could have probably paid his release fee was probably still there. So if they would have just paid an extra thirty million, they wouldn't be in this mess, would they? They wouldn't have ended up paying two hundred and ten million. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows? I mean, the good thing is we're not going to see Dayan Lovren playing the Premier League again. <laughs> well, surely, surely that would be a good thing for you, lot. Have you have you retired the shirt number yet at Liverpool for Day? No, not. <laughs> well, not, not. The, the number I mean, six shirt. <laughs> The uh, that the Jude Bellingham, Birmingham retiring his shirt number is ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, I mean, what? talking about transfer figures, thirty million pounds for a, what? For a, is he still sixteen? Yeah, no, I think he's, is he not seventeen? Oh, oh, maybe yeah. No, yeah, but... yeah, but then again, uh, yeah, I, I felt it, a bit it sorry for him with the whole shirt number thing. Because it's sort of not really his fault they've retired the shirt number. I don't, I don't think he sort of demanded it. And, yeah, you know, no, and now everyone's just sort of laughing at him a bit. And it's like, you know, actually, he's a really exciting young prospect. Made this interesting decision to go to Dortmund and hopefully it'll work out. I saw someone interview, like, they interviewed a Birmingham fan. He's like, oh, 
he probably will go on to be a club legend. Just he won't be our club legend though. So. <laughs> somebody, I think somebody, else, somebody else is trying to explain it, and they basically just said that that Birmingham haven't got. They just don't have. A, they just don't have anything. They don't. I think they don't own the ground. That there's nothing <laughs> that Birmingham could physically do for him, with the exception of retiring. Yeah, but, the, but that's what I don't. But what I don't understand. Why is there such a? We have to do something for this sixteen-year-old lad. He's sixteen. Well, it's well, a bit of a PR exercise. I mean, the other yep. thing is, he, well, he's made them a lot of money, but but the other thing is, it's sort of handy because he's number twenty-two, isn't it? It's not like you know West Ham. Oh, it's not a number nine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But I just thought it's just a, such a barmy thing to do. It's like on the equivalent of Everton retiring Rooney's number when he went to United. <laughs> it, would, it would have been the same kind of scenario, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. I've I've never understood why Birmingham City is so rubbish. Because you think being in the second city, they should be. Well, yeah, exactly. They're in the third biggest city in the country. And you know, Aston Villa are close by, but you know, you'd think the third biggest city would be able to support two major football teams. I mean. And, the, and one of the reasons I might say is that uh, when you're thinking of places to visit in the UK, just as like, oh, maybe we'll go out for a day or maybe we'll spend a few days somewhere, does Birmingham ever enter on your list of places to go? Well, as highly as Burnley does. Is Burnley on that list just because of proximity? <laughs> I yeah. didn't realise I didn't realise Burnley was even on that list of tourism list. <laughs> yeah, I mean I thought at least, at least Barry's got a market. I thought Barry would be out of the Well no. Now and now Barry got a new football team. Yeah. Yeah. You might know this chip. Are they gonna play at Gig Lane? Oh, it's very I I I don't think so. I think it's very complicated. I don't think they'll be playing at Gig Lane. Um Gig Lane is ready to is ready for football. Um, somebody took some pictures of it the other day, um, and the, gra- the the groundsmen and stuff have been working. They worked all season. The grasses, I mean, the, the grasses never looked so great because we don't no football been played on it. Uh, but no, I don't think I don't think Barry FC will be playing at um, will be playing at Gig Lane. Oh, well. all, all very complicated. But where are they yeah. going to play? To play. Uh, What's the, uh, what, what, what's the fields opposite? Yeah. They've got some pitches, haven't they? <laughs> what, lower gig? Red Vales. Red Vales, that's it. That's where Holy Cross College play. Yeah, I, I can't remember where. I, don't, I can't remember. They, are, they have played. They played a friendly, but I think they played it. I think they played. I think they played Ratcliffe Barrett at Ratcliffe Barrett. So they're not, I don't think they'll be playing at Ratcliffe Barrett. But, um, They've got a manager now as well, haven't they? Yeah, the um, I can't, to be honest, I can't really remember who it is. But they're, they're, still, they're still recruiting for players and stuff, and but they're in the I can't remember which which league they're in. I think they're in the same league as Presswich Hayes, who's just around the corner from Grayson's School. It's just right near, yeah, five minutes away from my house. Um, oh, I'll have to I go to that game. That'll be that'll be good. Yeah. So what, there's very what, what much, I think half the very fans are split in terms of. Quite up for it, and some of them are just completely against it. But it's just, it's very, it's just all political again about where if anybody's going to back it or anybody's going to put money into it, where's the money going? Who's the money going to? What and you like with anything trying to 
owning a football club is must be the most one of the most stressful jobs I would imagine. And then trying to convince people that you can run a football club is must, must be even harder. So I don't, I don't, I, mean, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what will happen with it. But how, so say hypothetically, like, how do you prove to someone that you're you're more than capable of running a football club? Well, some that is what the do. that is what the uh, the king of Saudi Arabia is is wrestling with that question <laughs> as we speak. And... No, but like, how how would I prove I'm better than you at running a football club? Uh, do you know what I mean? I, what I mean, I might have lots of qualities in my professional life, but I don't. No, really I mean, you, you, no, you'd have a track record in business, wouldn't you? I mean, I don't. Yeah, but then is that what you want? Do you want a businessman? Because I mean, Mike Ashley's proved he's a great well, businessman, yeah. but he can't yeah, run a football I, club. I, I imagine he wouldn't be stopped from owning Barry Football Club. <laughs> he probably wouldn't. You mean sports? You mean sports direct Barry Football Club? <laughs> <laughs> But then, get, your, uh, get your latest Slazenger products here. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't. I, I, and there's a lot of people that are just completely against. It's either Berry. It's either Berry Football Club or nothing. There's no Berry FC doesn't count, and it's just all. There's, there's there's still a lot of people that are hurting over what happened last year. And Steve Dale technically still owns the club. The club still exists. It's not gone. But obviously, the club doesn't have any. Doesn't have a player. Doesn't have a manager. The other thing it has is a. 15,000 seat stadium which is just seems a bit, a bit of a bizarre um, scenario at the minute so um, I mean we might need a new pitch for my Sunday league team for the next season uh, do you reckon we could rent it out I don't see why not I think they need the money I mean we can't we could probably offer 40 quid a match what's that well at the minute they're not getting anything so 400 quid for the season do you reckon they take that you can only ask can't you yeah, might have to email. Could, he, could even start charging ticket prices, couldn't you? Uh, yeah, we could, but we'd still make zero. <laughs> <laughs> we can't even make enough fees from the players who play, to be honest. So, so yeah, so I don't. I, I genuinely don't know what's going to happen uh, with it. I mean, presumably, Ross would both your team and the away team would they stay around afterwards for a pint? Oh well, we tr- yeah. Well, so I'd, I'd stay so, around. So I'd stay around. <laughs> So that Barry wouldn't just be making you match feed, it also hospitality. Social club would be social yeah. club would be uh, okay. Well if they if they put on some chips and some bread afterwards for some chip butties, <laughs> then then it's a deal. Uh, that's what would make you good at running a football club signing. Yeah, this is these are the revenue streams you've got to think about. Yeah, there we go. You maybe you should throw your name into the hat. Yeah, well, you know, I'm available. Although yeah. the only way to make a small fortune out of football is to start with a large one, isn't it? So it's <laughs> traditionally uh, one thing: cricket. I said it every week. Yeah, it's it's been back, hasn't it? And it's been good to be fair. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, England came through two-one in the Test series against the West Indies. I think the West Indies, West Indies were basically in isolation and seen two hotel rooms in Manchester and Southampton for over it. For over a month, I think they they sort of ran out of energy a bit towards the end, and England sort of rolled them over on that final day. But yeah, I thought it was sort of good competitive cricket. Stuart Broad back to his best, and you know there was sort of the narrative of him getting dropped in the first test, came back, played so well. So yeah, so that, that was really good. I think that England are playing Ireland in some one day internationals this week. Then they play Pakistan in, a new, in another test series the week after that. So it's uh. It's going to be pretty constant. I think the World Snooker Championship starts on Monday as well, or Friday. Yeah, the draws. What, um, what do you make of the Jopper Archer incident? 
Uh, oh, uh, I think he's a bit stupid to have done it. I, 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 people that sort of didn't follow, he he broke the bubble, so they all had to drive their own cars randomly. From they played the first test match in Southampton and the second one at Old Trafford, so they had to drive from Southampton to Manchester. And they probably, I don't really understand why they didn't just all go in one bus. <laughs> it seems strange, yeah. Um, which I think would have been a safer thing to do, but the, so they all had to drive. But Joffrey, who, who lives in Brighton, basically went home, um, in <laughs> en route and stopped off uh, for a few hours. Um, wasn't it to see his dog? Well, that's, I think that story did come out. I, mean, well, I, 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 I think the what? true story has never come out. Is what is is my real understanding of it. So to but, see his dog could mean anything. <laughs> it, could, it could mean anyone. Yeah, uh, anything, <laughs> anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and if he had caught coronavirus and then infected everybody else, it, you know that would have been a disaster. And and you know I think the ECB. Has sort of made it clear to him it's like it would have cost millions of pounds and you know the West Indies had made this real effort they come from a lot of these Caribbean countries actually have been kind of on top of coronavirus they came to England you know <laughs> the the UK which I think is, globally we're like third <laughs> um and so I think it, it was slightly inconsiderate of, of, of Joffrey Archer then scuppered that. But, you know, luckily no one did get caught and we can just sort of point down to bad decisions. Didn't Michael Vaughan get told off as well because he went to go and see Phil Tufnell? Did he? <laughs> I think so. I'm sure that, that was like one of the understories bit of, the, of when that Michael Vaughan also, I think it was the day after, um, had also been reprimanded and told if he does it again, they're going to kick him off the um, like the broadcasting team because I think he he wasn't supposed to be. There's two parts of I think it was either the radio and the um, and the the other. I think he was working for Sky or whoever he was working for. They'd gone to meet each other and apparently they should they, they shouldn't have they shouldn't have done or they were far too close or they broke bubbles or, or something like that. But yeah, I didn't, so I didn't were, even, didn't even know they're in a relationship. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy for them. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so, it all worked out in the end. I mean, at least uh, we've only got to wait till August the 10th until there's football back on our screens. <laughs> yes. I mean, and we did the we, we, we final this weekend. Yeah, but yeah. now we're out. Who's bothered about that? <laughs> it's a nothing cup, isn't it? It's lost its magic. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll pick this up next week, but we, you two have just been talking about how tired United have got, and now you're about to play... A tournament in Portugal to play to decide if you're going to win the Europa League or not. So what is what you're going to do? Yeah, play but the- now, yeah, but now we've got we've we've said this on Sunday. We've got a five nil lead from this first leg. So basically, we can put it. We, Dan James can play. That matter. Jesse captain. Yeah, exactly. That can all happen, and they can have an even longer rest. So what's what's the tenth from now? Two weeks. That gives everyone two weeks rest, and then when we get to the. Um, I think that then it's looking like Sevilla or Roma, isn't it? That we end up playing. I mean, we. So we, I think everyone should be refreshed, and we should be ready to go, and we should realistic there. If we don't win that, I'll be disappointed. I think. What yeah. you don't win the tournament? Yeah. So you play. So you're going to play Roma or Sevilla, then you get through to the semi-finals. Yeah. Is that right? So then you have to play the semi, the two-legged semi-final. No, the- no, no, no. They're all one-legged. Oh, they're all because right, okay. it all it all it all happens in a week. Yeah, I mean, I, in a week. 
Yeah, yeah. The whole tournament. Yeah, yeah so the, the whole last day it happens in a week. Starts on the 10th and finishes on the 17th, I think. And then the Champions League starts three or four days later. So I think that starts on the 14th and finishes on the 21st, I think. So, so I mean, yeah, it, should be, it should be quite good fun. I'm sort of looking forward to it. Like I say, I think we should win it. I think we've got the best first 11, but best, probably not got the best squad, but we should definitely be beating teams. And we've pretty much got a buy from that first leg. We can rest and play it. So we only realistically have to play two or three games, which is more than doable. And then the season starts again on the 12th of September. Yeah. Right. Well, we will call it quits for tonight and we will talk about that next week as well as the FA Cup final. Yeah. Is anyone actually going to watch the FA Cup final? Uh, if it's on Saturday, then no. I know working. it's the FA Cup final and you feel like you should, but are you, is anyone actually excited for it? Well, I'm in work. I'm at, so I might try and have it on. But... <laughs> so no is the answer. <laughs> I wouldn't say I was excited for it, but... I'm hoping, yeah. you know, David Luiz will either make a, a massive error to give Chelsea the win or, or he'll do something brilliant and ping in a free kick or something to win it for Arsenal, aren't he? So, so you, you're, you're pinning everything on David Luiz for an exciting final. Yeah, well, he, he always causes some sort of chaos, doesn't he? Oh, no pressure, David. But... Right. Okay. Well, I hope everyone has a good weekend, a good week. We'll, uh, we'll be back next week, I guess. Enjoy yeah. your heat wave on Friday. Can't wait. We'll see you soon. I'll see you in a week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouts podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.